Inspector William Graves um, holds out a hand to ask for Reese Hickenbottom's car keys. Oh, yeah, here you go. Uh, you know, don't scratch the paint. Ah. <laughs> Get in, he says, climbing into the driver's seat. I took the subway here, so I'm not walking to your apartment. Oh, uh, okay. I don't think I've ever ridden in the passenger seat of my car. That'd be weird if I rode that a lot. I guess some people could, though. You know, in some places I heard they drive Stop on the other talking. side of the road. Get in the car. Okay. Get in the car. Okay. I'll get in the car. <laughs> you see uh, Graves, uh, as he sits down, he has to pull out a, he has a sawed off shotgun uh, hidden inside of his uh, uniform. And it was, uh, you could, it was clear in hindsight, but he pulls it out now and like sets it on the armrest between the two seats because it was, uh, it's in the way of him buckling his seatbelt safety first. Uh-huh. But I don't know how often Reese sees guns, especially very powerful guns. Not at all. So she's already at a point of being pretty terrified, but now it's excessively so. Yeah. So it's uh like uh you know back straight against the seat, like uh you know if I'm as polite as possible, he won't shoot me. Maybe is the logic that flows through. And it is an an aggressively scary looking gun too he didn't just go get a nice hunting shotgun and saw it off it's like a custom made it came like this it's like pre-ripped jeans it's just like the badass short shotgun because he has learned absolutely nothing from losing his gun to katarina vis-a-vis overcompensating if anything it's made him bolder (laughs) um and so he starts the car and starts driving to Reese's apartment, which apparently knows where it is. I mean, he's the police. You assume he can get those records, but it's still creepy that he doesn't even ask, like, which directions. He just starts driving. Have you ever eaten at that Rick McDonald's over there? <laughs> That's what they're called in South Valentine. Rick Donald's. R- Rick Donald's? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it sounds like McDonald's, but it's actually their universe's equivalent to Roy Rogers, which is to say it's disgusting. I'm going to assume that's a good reference that everyone enjoyed. Roy Rogers exists at nothing but truck stops along the highway anymore. That should tell you something to the quality of their food. There's actually a, a real economic indicator about the, the strength of the economy vis-a-vis waffle houses. It's, I swear <laughs> to God, this is a real thing. We could go into it some other time. Probably not now because uh, you're being kidnapped by a cop. <laughs> <laughs> um, Graves says, so... Katarina is killing a lot of very powerful people. She's going to draw a lot of attention. They're going to come after her. And the way Solomon operates is go by going after friends and family, a lot of hostages, a lot of kidnapping, a lot of, well, death. And if you get killed, Katarina is going to blame me. So you're my responsibility. So, uh... I understand a lot of the words that you said, but the meaning together is confusing. Katarina's killing people, and what? Yes. Is this, like, is this a shoot? Is this one of the work shoots they're doing at the wrestling promotion? I don't know anything about that nerd garbage. The Can you, can you defend yourself? That's the important thing. If we get into a firefight, I want to... I want to know that you're not going to be even more of a burden than I am assuming you are. Oh, I don't, I don't get into fights. I try to avoid them as much as possible. You know, I, I draw for a living. So, you know, can't, can't hurt the money makers. <laughs> I don't actually make money for my art. I, I, I work at another job. My dad told me that I'd never make a life in art. So I don't, I didn't try to, but you know, I, art's magical in its own way. Literally in some cases, you know. No, I don't. Uh, 
he seems actually kind of freaked out in a in a low key way. Yeah, Reese is not necessarily fully as scared, but it is still as someone who is as removed from this world as possible being suddenly thrust into it where she doesn't quite know how to react. Mhm. So it's a lot of it's a lot of nervousness. Whomst among us would not be nervous in this situation, I ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so Graves pulls up to Reese's apartment uh, and gets out, brings the, the shotgun and says, hurry up, grab whatever you need. If you have any, I don't know, pepper spray, taser. Oh, I, I do have a sword. Why do you have a sword? Well, I was cosplaying at a convention as the Rat Queen Ratakinica, Countess Ratinica from, you know, the, the show. Do you watch them? Ultra Fighters, they had a season where the villainous, you know, it's not important. I have a prop sword, but it could be used as a real sword if I need to. I think my kids watch that. It's a kid's show, right? You're describing to me a kid's show that you dress up as? Adults can appreciate it just as much. I'm sure. Okay. And their outfits are cool. Is it sharp? Yeah. I mean, I, I test on you. I don't want to. Um, why? Uh, never mind. I don't want to know why your prop sword is sharp. Do you want to feel it? Just, <laughs> I do not want to feel anything in your apartment, Reese. Do you want any sandwiches? <laughs> okay, you guys enter Reese's apartment, and he starts uh, looking around. He like starts like slicing the pie, like SWAT style, to check all the corridors. Like kicks in your closet door. He's just like being very uh, serious about this. But there's just shoes in there. <laughs> there's no one here. He's just being very extra. Is there anything I should know about? I don't know. Do you have asthma? Are is there a tripwire in the bathroom? I I don't know you. <laughs> no. Uh. Well. I'm. I, I. I. My family suffers from lycanthropy. Uh. But we take medication generally to keep that under control. We'll throw that shit right out. What? We're gonna need as many aces up our sleeves as possible. Shape shifting is a good ace. Okay, I guess I'll just drop my medication completely. Probably no side effects to that. Um, He's already flushing all your medication. <laughs> okay, you know, I guess um, don't throw away the bottles, though. Maybe after all this is said and done, I could still, you know, get like a refund or something for those. If you survive. Okay, uh, I'm going to get some stuff and pack it before you flush it down my toilet. Yeah, you better hurry. I'm going after your sock drawer next. It's all getting flushed. <laughs> no, my collector socks. <laughs> Okay, so we've established you have a cosplay sword. Anything else you want to talk about vis-a-vis? I keep saying vis-a-vis. Uh, on Reese's character sheet, which is a real thing. This isn't a secret. Yes. Our audience is smart. They know what's going on. Nope, this is an NPC who's never going to be played at any one point in time. Never got to make a roll for Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Reese is, in mechanical terms, a bard. However, we've reflavored that because bards in previous editions of D&D were not solely restricted just to even musical instruments as their their ways. There were older versions where, like, buffoonery could be your your bardic art, which was just hitting people in the face with pies and stuff like that. So uh, in Reese's case, uh, artistry is her, her medium to casting these, uh, I guess, artful magics of, you know, different sorts. Since bard magic is generally just inspiring people through music or things like that it's just a transfer into art instead so she still has the same mechanical benefits uh just it's done through art as opposed to music so you're a level seven bard you use uh art supplies as your mm-hmm. uh, spellcasting focus yes you don't have any experience in combat 
but I assume the spells you took are mostly support as opposed to murder. Yes, there is uh, mostly spells that heal people, would protect herself, things like that. You know, she has some base knowledge of that, because I assume in any case where magic's kind of a part of the world at this point, with how kind of ubiquitous it's become, almost everybody has some small level of, of proficiency with magic. So uh, there is one attack spell she has, and that's a cantrip, which is Vicious Mockery. And uh, I don't think she uses it to actually insult people. Instead, she finds uh, really obnoxious memes to send their way. And that's <laughs> what mentally, psychically hurts them. Oh, my God. If you meme someone to death, this will, we'll never be able to top this season. You realize that, right? I'm going to kill someone with steamed hams next week. Well, all right. Now we have that expectation <laughs> to aim for. Cool. Um, Graves says to you as you guys are going over this apartment, he says, uh, so you don't make any money at the art thing? How old are you? How long has this been going on for? I well, you know, I'm you know 23, so uh, I've been drawing since I was young. But Dad said that art doesn't pay the bills, so you know, we kind of uh, made sure I got a, a job that paid. So I, I work up in, in North Valentine at the uh, financial center. I'm like a, a junior banker. A junior banker is that what they call tellers? Yeah, I mean, that's the official title on my sheet. When I was younger, I worked at a sandwich shop, and they called it a sandwich artist, which I like because I'm also an artist, but, you know. Um, you son of a bitch, I was going to make the sandwich artist joke. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> you scooped me. Also, uh, hot dogs are sandwiches. Oh, God. Graves says, yeah, my daughter wants to be a dancer. I told her that she needs to go to business school, so thank you for confirming that I was correct. Yeah, I guess. I mean... Part of the reason I'm friends with Kat is because she was somebody who, who kind of defied that. Instead of going with something safe, she chased her dream, but I guess... Yeah, it's worked out swimmingly, Reese. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to process that. It's my best friend and all. Whatever. Do you want me to share the the, the, the pictures of the dead bodies in the group chat, or are you just going to take my word for it? <laughs> I hope he does so she can also see all the meat spin and blue waffle <laughs> shit that was also sent before that. It's like fucking E-Bomb's world up <laughs> on the fucking text chains now. It's absolute madness. It's anarchy. Yeah. Oh, Christ. I suppose I should maybe, I don't know if you need me to mention this now, mm -hmm. uh, but Reese's quote-unquote Bard College mm -hmm. is uh, a one from the, what is it, Xanathar's Guide to Everything, I believe. Yep. It's the College of Glamours. I didn't find a reflavored term for it. Call it RE Glamour thing. I don't I don't know what to put in there. Mm -hmm. uh, this is probably some deviant art group she joined, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, canon. And, and uh, part of the things that could be in there is creating things that are inspirational and also creating an enthralling performance that can charm people with how good it is and can essentially put people under her limited control for a bit. She doesn't actively realize this is what she's doing she just creates images using i guess magic ink or using magic strokes or whatever to create these effects and then uh it can enchant people with how inspiring they find it because she likes to draw people in cool outfits and things like that she got a bunch of like high-end art supplies for her birthday but she hasn't checked out all the special features yet there's just like uh -huh. a bunch of options in there she's just like i found the three i like but exactly on, on this adventure who knows who knows what'll happen? So yeah, Graves says, coming off the the Katarina comment, what's, so what's up with that? You guys don't seem to have a lot in common. She's a psycho murderer. You're a bank teller. What's the story there? Well, I mean, we met 
a couple years back, uh, I think she just kind of, you know, she she dated a lot of people back in the day, and not a lot of those relationships lasted. And I think I was kind of initially just one of those, but, you know, afterwards, we kept hanging out a lot, and I guess she called it off because she didn't want to just use me the same way she used other people, and I kind of get it. I mean, like, I sat down and listened to her for a while, and she talked about her life, and it sounds like it was rough, and, you know, I kind of get it. And, you know, we all have family drama, don't we? Yeah, the word for that's codependent. So, you maybe want to give that one a little searcheroo on the interweb there. That's some, we have some free time. Is that a TV show? It's, don't worry about it. Are you ready to go? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you flushed my medication down the toilet, so I guess I'm good to go now. <laughs> he goes back, takes the bottle, throws it out the window. <laughs> All right, so you're going to burn down my apartment now, too, or... Do you have an insurance policy? No. Well, then why would I? I don't know. I don't know why you're doing a lot of things. Why Why are you helping me? Why, why are you working with Katarina? She's making room at a big table. What? It's a She's metaphor. Like... <laughs> I don't get it, though. It's okay. You don't need to get it. I feel like I'm not getting a lot, though, and you're throwing a lot at me. Listen, if this works out and we survive, we're both going to be very rich. Or I will. I don't know about you. you I, that's probably up to Katarina. Okay. Uh, what Do I get to see Katarina now then, at least? I don't think you want to be where Katarina is right now. It's probably very bullety. Bullet-esque? Bullet-full. Bullet-full. She shoots people. That doesn't sound like Katarina. She pretend fighting people for a living why would she start shooting people <laughs> you were literally the last time reese and katarina were on screen together katarina had a <laughs> bullet inside of her that is true <laughs> it's uh, been a long day yeah i bet all right so gray start goes back out to the car i guess uh i'll begrudgingly sadly look at the last remains or reese will look at the last remains of her apartment uh disheveled as it's become and uh, head out and follow along with Graves. <laughs> Reese looks back wistfully, a tear in her eye. Graves runs into frame and kicks the door off the hinges and <laughs> then goes back to the car. He's like, I m- missed this one. Boom. <laughs> Fuck your apartment. Uh, as he gets in, he says, I'm not taking you to Katarina. As I said, very, very bullet. Wow. Very bullet. Such, such bullet. Uh, we have another place to go. Do you have any idea where her friends are right now? I don't think Katarina has other friends. She, if it's not me, then they're just people she kind of, you know, bums food and, and living space off of. That's called enablers. So put that one into your queue for things to research during the drive. That's codependent and enablers. Just punch that into your phone. And here we go. You should do a search for rude. <laughs> and Graves pulls out of the out of the parking lot and says, "It's fine. I'll just follow the trail of bodies, I guess." <sighs> yeah, you said it. <laughs> Can we stop at McDonald's first? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Last time on Dice Funk. If I must become mercy itself. And what about your own freedom? What hope is there for any Warforged if you 
who's chosen by the universe is beyond salvation. Points at one of the slots where there was a containment unit for the power of the forms, and it is gone. There's an empty slot. This also allows you to track us forever now. Okay, okay. Stop by the corner round, take a peek, and then everything looks good. We go see Frank's family. That sounds more serious. Archon, A-R-C-H-O-N, is being recalled from wars in other countries to come back to hunt you guys down. I mean, I had a really, really bad, mean idea. We would try to blame Katarina. <laughs> the administrative branch. They're the ones in charge of making sure stuff like this is taken care of. Like for maintenance, can I just push him onto there or throw him onto there so he doesn't get like run over by a train? And everyone in the subway sees this. None of you drew a weapon? The gun is sort of being suspended. Basically, the, the, the mage hands of, of Mardis. The storm of the desert itself is going to surround her as, like, flickers of heat and sand, like, radiate off of her. And the chameleon man says, you're the one who killed Heller. And I'm the one who killed you. And I'm going to take out my gun, and I'm going to use my conduit to victory so that the attack is surefire victory. <laughs> 10,003 hit. Before we start, I just want to say that I had to get a new Roll20 icon for the arc we're in, which is for Reese Hickenbottom, <gasps> who you may have heard from Cold Opens, is under Chris's control. And so what I what I Google searched to find material, because she is a were rat, I typed in Master Splinter <laughs> Rule 63. Why? <laughs> Which I believe is supposed to be gender swap rule. I just want to say, I found a very good picture of Master Splinter. Just totally pure and wholesome and not at all that first Google search. But if you're curious, it goes some places. <laughs> so here's here's a perfectly nice, handsome Mr. Splinter. Just a very chill Mr. Splinter <laughs> has, with some he's tea. He's giving you a mug of tea because you're sleepy. Yeah, he's very respectable and not at all that Google search, but I wanted to share that with you. How many bad Google searches have we put out into the world through this particular season? This is what, the third one at least? I've stopped keeping track. Actually, he's Reese is not with you, so I'm going to put her over here. With her mug of tea. Well, um, the team, mm -hmm. I believe, was on the train, on the, the subway, whatever you want to call it, to South Valentine post-fight. Uh, post We're all pacifist superheroes. Uh, Frank is bulletproof. Everyone got a big, us now. Everyone got a big healing hug. We got pacifist points. That's true. So you guys are going to check on your families because Ash uh, strongly insinuated that he was going to... Do something to the people important to you. That is part of your quest now. So this this arc is a little bit less structured than the other ones. So first we had the Black Acre heist where you went into a house and stole some stuff. Then we had the King Coliseum heist where you tried to steal stuff, were foiled, but then won a championship anyway. Then we had the Sharp Financial Investments heist where you guys went into a skyscraper. 
Then we had the Fort Splendor heist. You snuck onto the base and everybody died. <laughs> and now we have a new arc, which isn't really about a heist, but it's rather it's a, a almost like a race. On one side, we have Katarina, mm-hmm. who's co- trying to kill all the heads of Crown Corporation. Mm-hmm. And then on the other half, we have Team Loser, who is trying to clear their names. And they don't really know about each other's missions all that much. Like, yes, you guys saw Katarina shoot general heller but you don't know she's trying to kill all of them right like as fast as possible and you guys are going to try to clear your names by snitching to the administrative branch so if she kills that person before you get there you'll lose your chance to clear your name but you don't know she's doing that and she doesn't know what you're doing so there's this kind of Mm -hmm. really juicy uh irony in the uh one of the other senses of irony (laughs) not the way we usually use that word (laughs) so that's fun but it's it's a lot looser. This this is one of those situations where we have to have a certain degree of separation between character nor- knowledge and player nor- knowledge, so that Chris doesn't just decide, hmm, conveniently, which head of crown should I go kill next? Do 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 do. Yeah. So where do you guys want to go first? I'm trying to remember if we definitively established up front last episode who we were going to first or not, but I'm pretty sure Ed was very like, can we go, can we, can we go check on the quarter round? Like before we do anything else, I think was the plan. Yeah. If if only because if it's Ash as the primary threat, then Ash might be going after Ed's particular circle first. Right. All right, so you guys leave the subway station and you start walking through South Valentine towards the quarter round. Um, you do notice there's a, a uneasy atmosphere down here. You guys start seeing like wanted posters for yourselves uh, pretty immediately, as opposed to all of the big screens in North Valentine, which had your faces plastered on them. Here, it's much more analog than digital. Um, but people are giving you weird looks as you walk down the street, and you can hear the sounds of distant sirens, and it's. Uh, have you guys seen the episode of Spongebob where they go to rock bottom? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, sorry, it's just all memes today. Um, it's it's a pretty uneasy scene. So can you guys roll for me? Um, perception checks. Yep. My baseline is 19, but let's see if I roll any better than that. <laughs> Natural 20. <laughs> okay, well now you're just showing off. Yes, I am. <laughs> 19. I rolled a 29. Uh, natural 20. Yeah, 21. Another crit. We have two natural 20s here. That's not just me showing off now. Yeah, we've we've got two natural 20s and a 19. That seems excessive. <laughs> <laughs> we're just hyper, we're hyper aware. We got superpowers. We're, we're very aware of everything right now. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing being hyper aware. There's another where you suddenly you guys can all see the Matrix code, and you're like, "What if we're just like trapped in a game, man? And we're all just numbers on a sheet, and we can understand." You know, <laughs> and you start looking at your hands and freaking out. Did you just make all of our characters aware that they're in D and D? We're all high. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually. Um, what happens is, as you guys enter the neighborhood with the court around, <laughs> instead of being ambushed, <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. with your crits, uh, you guys sidle up to a corner, peek around, and you guys see. In front of the quarter round, there are what I'm going to call soldiers. They are not in the army, but they are the private military contractors of Archon. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what they look like are it's it's more advanced armor than SWAT, 
wears. It's almost like a, a, a cyberpunk version of like knight's armor. Um, it's it is uh, magic clearly and technology. It's very like a uh, slim. Um, some pop culture touchstones would be like Raiden from Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. Genji from Overwatch. Like they're like mm. actually like loaded to be to be shot. Um, but you notice they're not carrying guns, but they're they're patrolling around. They're interviewing people on the streets. They have some um, cars that with the with the Archon logo. It just says Archon A R C H O N uh, parked on the curb. They're patrolling. They seem to be waiting for you. Um, you see four of these soldiers out right now between you and going into the quarter round. That's what you see with your crit. I know it's not good that your place is surrounded right now, but. If anything, it probably means that everyone inside is, well, safer from Ash than they would be if if those guys weren't there. Yeah, like, I feel like it's cool. It's, it is not ideal. This is not a situation of you being able to go back in right now, or unless we come up with a plan to get you in, but it does mean at least there is, you know, if we try and look at this on a positive, not that there's many right now, this is a layer of security for the quarter round that is a layer of security between Ash and getting inside. All Ed wants to basically confirm at the moment is that the people inside the building are fine and are not being harassed, but I'm just trying to think of a way that he can do that. Um, if all Ed is after is just like a a thumbs up of like, okay, everyone is inside and like not actively being harassed at the second... Frank could probably do invisibility and then get in with a misty step, potentially, as a way to just get inside and be like, is everyone in here okay? I mean, that can work. Uh, I think that can work. I just think that might be also spending a lot of spell slots for it. Um... Oh, actually, actually, I might have an option that that does a few less spell slots. Mm -hmm. Um, Frank's going to cast a spell that I don't think he's, like, much, if ever, used... Unseen servant. Ah, the boy. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna pull out a trading card and summon his his friendly ghost servant. Jasper. Jasper the friend the friendly invisible ghost. Um so yeah, with Unseen Servant I can create an invisible mindless shapeless force that does simple tasks for the next hour. Because it's it's invisible and presumably like there is nothing to see, it's not like something visible that's had invisibility cast on it. I want to I want to task this unseen servant with getting into the quarter round, confirming that everyone in there is okay, and just giving one tap for okay and two taps for not okay. Yeah, sure. Why don't you roll me uh, stealth to get uh, like run uh, to get close enough, maybe hide behind a dumpster to cast it, and then that will also represent it walking up to the window without like kicking anything like on the sidewalk to draw attention. Uh, okay, yeah. So roll d twenty plus three, eleven. All right, n- not amazing. Um, so the unseen, so you walk over, um, as close as you can get without being noticed. Cast unseen servant. What what was the name of the unseen servant, Lauren? You're Jasper. Yeah, Jasper. Jasper, the friendly invisible man. <laughs> okay, uh, he walks over, and his footsteps because he's invisible, he's not seen. But his his footsteps are 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 heard by the Archon forces, but they don't really act on it. They just there's a lot of city noises down here. So if there's something else that draws their attention, 
uh, that will be compounded. But for now, you're you're not attacked on sight or on sound, I suppose. What's that noise? Um, the unseen servant goes uh, and peeks in through a window. One tap for okay, two taps for not okay. Yeah. Uh, you you get two taps. Oh no. Okay. Well, uh, Frank goes back and reports this to to Ed. I, I don't know. I don't know what options the rest of us have got here. I'm I'm relatively certain I could get myself in there, but I I I don't know exactly what we're gonna face. I just know that something's going bad in there. The question is. A, is there an option for getting you both in as well? And if not, do we risk just one going in alone to try and deal with whatever's in there? I have... I can Misty Escape, but uh, that'll be like my one Misty Escape. The only, the only idea I have in hand is basically if there's some sort of like fire exit on the side of the building where with an entrance into Ed's... into the storage area on the second floor... That would be an alternate entrance on the second floor that they could try to get to um, instead of going through the front. All right. Do you guys want to make a group stealth check to get inside? Yes. Yeah, let's go for it. 14 for Ed. Uh, 20 for Frank. What? Cool. Oh, no. I love it. <laughs> All right. So everybody uh, gets onto the fire escape, goes up to the second floor. And Lenora, you get woozy. Um, You had you took knocks during the last mission. Yep. And you did not get a disadvantage from the come down because you uh, went into the Ironsoft machine, which like let you touch infinity and kind of reset your biological clock. But you right now you get a bad moment <laughs> of uh, wooziness from your body. Uh, is, be- is it like when you do LSD? Sometimes if you have a bad trip, like later you can still have bad effects from it. Yeah, and you you, uh, you just uh, take a little tumble off the fire escape, take D four damage as you fall on your butt. Oh, all four, rude. Right on the tailbone, or I guess it's right just... on the tail. Yeah, no good. Um, and that combined with the um the earlier footsteps, uh, two Archon soldiers run over and they spot you. Um, and so roll initiative. Uh, twenty one on initiative. Thirteen. Crit. <laughs> Three. I botched again. You rolled a one d four. Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no. That no wonder that initiative was bad. 16. Uh, so the Archon soldiers, there's two right now. They are, their, their armor is actually camo patterned, like city camo, camouflage. Are you guys aware of what that looks like? Mm-hmm. Is that the sort of like gray camo? Is it like the pixely one? Yeah, it's the gray. It's gray and black. Yeah. Yeah. And you see now their weapons. They don't carry guns for reasons that aren't exactly clear to you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually have what look like police batons. Um, they pull those out. And they, there's like a button on the side, and they start making humming noises when they turn them on, whatever they are. Mm. Um, and the first one runs at Lenora. No. Attack, attack, 8 and 17. 17 hits. 6 damage as the first one hits you with this uh, baton, and there is a concussive force as if uh, it repels you. So it like hits you with extra magical force, and it's like there's a, a wave of force that blasts out as he slaps you with it. Don't slap. The other one aims his uh, baton at the fire escape and actually does. Uh, there's like a wave of force that comes out and hits. Uh, every well, it tries to hit everyone. The fire escape dexterity, or actually, it's Constitution saving throw because it's a sonic blast. So this is like uh, the spell thunderclap. Sixteen. Yep, that saves. At twelve. That fails. 
take 10 damage, Frank, and 5 damage, Ed, Ooh. from the sonic wave that he slams the fire escape with. And I can't deflect damage if it's not targeted, can I? Sanctuary redirects attacks, so... Frank, your turn. Okay, uh, I'm looking through what I can do because I I used a bunch of actually well actually I know what I I know what I can use. Um, Frank's gonna cast lightning bolt. Oops. Uh oh. Oops. 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 Uh, can I take it back? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, uh, deck save versus fifteen. Thirteen. They fail. Okay. So, 8d6, uh, yeah, 8d6 lightning damage that I'm now afraid to do. Oh no, we're stood on the stairs. That's the problem, isn't it? Oh no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that vindictive. I assume you leaned over the railing to fire your lightning yeah. bolt down. I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> I, I have a feeling there's something we're about to find out okay, here. Okay, so 30, that would have been 30 damage. All right, so they're in uh, super magical technological metal armor. You blast them for 60 lightning damage, cooking them alive inside their armor. Oh, that's the opposite of what I thought was the problem. (sighs) You kill both of these people on the spot. Oops. Oh, no. Um, And they fall over dead. Not a great introduction to my elite murder troops. (laughs) That is true. <laughs> they are, I promise, very cool if you don't do the one thing they're weak to. <laughs> I, I, well, it's it's not great for us, too, because this is not a great start to let's go and, like, talk about our innocence. Uh, nobody saw that happen in this dark alley, luckily, unlike yeah. the, the very public uh, heroism. But, Frank, I think this is your first murder. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> How do you feel about that as the two uh, soldiers fall over? I'm going to keep calling them soldiers, even though they're, I guess they're contractors more specifically, but yeah. So I think, I think, I think Frank sees this a little bit differently to something like uh, Kat um, murdering the Modron in the, the lab in that the Modron were somewhat civilian from what we are aware. Like they weren't combat aimed or anything. It, they seemed like they were defenseless the these guys had at least run up to us and started attacking us but i i certainly don't think frank is happy with this turn of events this is not was not frank's intention all right what do you guys do what about the other two soldiers there's two more somewhere that they haven't caught they haven't run out yet every every round is six seconds so get the heck inside <laughs> So you guys collect yourselves and climb into the uh, the second floor windows of the building that the quarter round is in, I guess, into Ed's room. Yep. You see Marty is curled up on uh, the, like, what is it, like, what are those things called? It's like a, basically like a jungle gym for your cat. <laughs> like a fun- Cat a, tree. A cat tree. A cat tree. Yeah. He curled up there. Meow. <laughs> you just wanted to meow. Meow. Shh. Meow. <laughs> Marty, Marty, shush. Oh yeah. Ed, this is this is your place. What's the plan of attack? Wet food. (laughs) (laughs) First, I'm just gonna check to make sure that Marty's got enough food for the time being, and then we'll go downstairs to confirm what's going on with Cundy and the others, if there are others. You give Marty some food, and then you open the door, look down into the quarter out, and you see 
Uh, Kundi is tied to a chair, and there are two more Archon soldiers interrogating him as to your whereabouts. Hmm. All right, understandable. And you know, there are two more outside who are probably searching for you because they've found their friend's dead bodies. So, there are four soldiers in play. Too many. So there's there's two there's two of those same sol- same type of soldiers um currently da- inside the quarter round. Yep. It, my 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 initial idea is pretty straightforward. So from our perspective, the other the arcade machines are still on in the quarter round, correct? Yep. Okay, so here's the plan. Um Ed is going to use mage hand to get the uh his conduit hand out and about. From his room, he's going to hand those hands a uh, <laughs> couple of coins. He's going to send them down to go to one of the machines uh, discreetly, put in coins into one of the machines, and then hit the player one button to have the machines just start making noise abruptly. This is some geist for the GameCube shit, and I love it. <laughs> I didn't get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my, my geist homies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's just just sort of like to distract the to act as sort of a confusing distraction for the guards at first. Hell yeah! I mean, you 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 create a classic guard distraction scenario. Fuck me up, fam. The best part is that once the distraction is made and they start walking over, um, the mad mage hands will just dispel, so there will be no evidence of anyone being there. Shout out to Mardis. Trying to think, the next step that I was thinking of was. Asking if Frank wanted to use, uh, if we were to get in the right position, using the combination of benign transposition, misty step, to swap positions and then warp up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swap positions and warp up for for Kundi. Yeah. Okay, Frank is Frank is is very into this, so we're going to use benign transposition to try and swap places with Kundi. How many spell slots do you have left, Frank? I feel like you're just going off on all cylinders. Oh no, yeah, but a benign transposition, I can, I, I can basically use it once every time I use Misty Step because Misty Step recharges it. Oh snap! Yeah, so I have no level four, and I'm running out of level twos. Yeah, I've still got a couple of level threes left. The, the, uh, the, the, the kicker for the whole thing is that it requires a conjuration spell to recharge, and Misty Step is a conjuration spell. Exactly. So the, the teleport out refreshes my swapping spell. So, yep, benign transposition. To swap with Kundi, uh, Kundi. I just, I, I'm just double checking some ranges here, but as a fun extra, um, I can cast Silent Image using my Eldritch Invocation to make it look like Kundi's still in the chair. <gasps> oh, I like this. For like 10 minutes. For 10 minutes? Oh, it's concentration, so I can't do any of their spells, but it's up to 10 minutes. Okay. Wow. So first of all, Frank, you switch into the the chair. You're like tied up and you're just like just being all dad, yeah. just sitting in the chair, but they can't see you. And then you disappear. And then uh, another kobold appears in the <laughs> as if tied up. <laughs> Fuck, you guys really Ocean Eleven this one, huh? We actually did an effective, like, subtle heist. We stole a guy. Yeah, so you guys crushed this mini heist. Mm. Kundi gets teleported over to where you are and up near Ed's room. Um, obviously, very shook. What's happening? <laughs> Basically, the last job went really south, and now Crown is coming after well us. As he po- uh, as Ed points between himself, Lenora, and Frank. The, you guys hear the door open, and more soldiers are coming in because they found the bodies and have called in reinforcements. 
Um, where are you going? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think if if they know where Tundi's home is normally, or if there is just a different safe house that'd be better to take him to for the time being. Yeah, I would assume that's compromised. This is mm-hmm. this is kind of a big thing. Is like where is safe? Right, and it is there. There is no right, correct answer. I'm looking for like right. it's just where do you want to put your chips, basically. Also, don't we still have to get out of the quarter round? Yeah, I I assume you guys are going to do that, but you have to make a decision. Right, there's no one in the alleyway right now, so... Admit, I could be wrong, and feel free to argue, but I feel like uh, cat parents might be in a little better position just because they were being guarded by Memphis's bodyguards and Rosen. Mm. Mm. That That's certainly an option. The, the only other option I was thinking about is how willing would Algernon be to... To help. That's, that's true. Because, like, Al- Algernon does live in the most heavily, like, fortified place in around that we're aware of. Yeah, but that also involves getting back to North Val, so... Yeah. That's that's the only problem there. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a problem necessarily with um, Lenora's parents, though, as an option. I, I certainly think that is, a like, a workable option. Too old cat. All right, so you guys want to climb back out the window, down the fire escape, past the burned bodies, and then tell Cundy. And I guess you could take Marty too. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, that was going to happen, Marty. And then uh, Ed's got to also change clothes while he's here to, and actually offer if anyone else wants a change of clothes so that they look different than they were coming into the town, since he has wardrobe supplies. That's true, but I also have mask and many faces, so I can just literally disguise self nonstop. <laughs> Pot- potentially, but I want to know what style of clothing Frank's getting. That's true. Describe to me the fashion. Yeah. Ed has a variety of fashions because his background was that he was a stage performer at a casino. So variety is the name of the game. So it's more of what does Frank want to dress up as while we're doing our covert, um, not get our family killed mis- uh, tactical espionage missions, you know? I feel bad that my gut response to that was like traditional spy in like a 1950s film where it's like, here is a trench coat and a shady hat that you can pull down and be like, yeah. but that's probably not as subtle as, as, as the uh, as old films made it seem. Yeah, see. Yeah, see. Yeah. Probably just <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah. probably just something not tacky for once. That that that's there's there's definitely non-tacky clothes in there. I mean, so, something that makes him look like an actual functional adult might be a good idea. Ed's just changing over to you know, you know sneakers, a different pair of jeans with the pockets modified so he can access his compartment, a hoodie, baseball cap combo so he can kind of be as discreet as necessary. And also, the hoodie has a spot for Marty to kind of crawl up in Aww. when he's moving around. So uh, Fra- Frank is now in some jeans and like a vaguely f- formal-ish button-up shirt. So are you guys going to go, all of you now, to Lenora's parents' house to check in? Or are you just going to send Cundy and Marty there and go check on Frank's family? No, I want to see, see my parents. How imminently worried is uh, Lenora about her parents? About the the safety of her parents? Slightly concerned, but Rosa trusts Rosen. But also, we can't. I don't want to send Cundy in alone. Be like, here you go, old man. Here's the thing. In terms of like being a player and like playing the game, I'm aware that like 
probably it is a sensible idea to all go together, but I I I think that it would be a hard sell for Frank in character to not want to go straight to where he needs to go because I think like when we we had the conversation last episode mm. Frank was hard pushed to even go to the quarter round first I think yeah and also I don't think it's a great idea to bring Candy with us to Frank to Frank's house yeah that's I'll also out of character I think the most narrative satisfying endpoint would be to have the encounter between Frank and his ex just thinking. Yeah, that's that. Fair. I, yeah. I, I think, I think Frank is definitely like hard pressed on the issue, but I think he can at the very least see like, okay, we do have civilian people with us right now who we really can't take into another dangerous situation. All right, so you guys evacuate Cundy from the quarter round, and you're going to go to the Desmond residence to check on Lenora's parents and meet up with Rosen and the all the, the bouncer squad that has been rallied there. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... Uh-oh. <laughs> Katarina Brooks. So, how are you? I'm great. You are super great, actually. Um, so last we left you, you were in the office of the head of the construction branch. Uh, he is all over the floor in this room now where you are looking over some plans. You find a lot. This I really liked your idea of like looking up construction plans to help you hit other targets. Before I talk about that, you were shot a lot during the last fight. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know you were trying to make it seem like a really cool badass moment. You almost died. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was, I, was uh, I think, uh, probably like two more shots away from going down. It was actually super intense. I'm very proud of uh, how that worked out. It was very Terminator, but also came down to the wire. Um, do you want to roll some hit dice to heal? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll roll. You have a lot. You're a, you're many barbarian levels, so I should be back up to full now. Nice. How does this look visually? Do you do anything in particular? I want to play this off like this. So in the moment, it was Katarina just taking gunfire and no selling it, which is a wrestling term to say when you're being hurt and you just pretend like you're not being hurt. It's generally considered a very shitty way to do business in wrestling because it makes you look strong at the expense of your opponent. Uh, So she was just sort of no-selling the fact that she was getting shot over and over again. But after she kind of has sat down at the desk with the the body of the construction guy kind of strewn about, uh, she's going to look over to where he had a a, like a opened bottle of gin and just pour herself a drink and like lean back as she's trying to like in that moment, allow herself to to feel that all that damage kind of hitting it at once and just numb it through the booze as she's going through all these like records of these buildings and trying to kind of pull together the information she needs. Yeah. And I think a, a thing we didn't quite emphasize enough last episode was your new barbarian thing where you summoned the power of the desert storm around you. I like to think that has something to do with the fact that you weren't killed by a hail of gunfires because that was magically shielding you Mm -hmm. in some capacity even though the effect of it is actually to do damage to the people in your your vicinity all right so you look through these um files and stuff here's here's what you find that's interesting uh you don't find anything about solomon luna's location it's a that's a big bummer but you do find something very interesting about the head of agriculture uh so the agriculture branch of crown as you might imagine is not actually a big farming operation. It's not efficient to farm in the middle of the desert. Uh, agriculture is actually 
just a series of warehouses and uh, on paper deals about moving food around, uh, just importing it, you know, portals, uh, pork belly futures. It's a lot of boring money stuff, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And the actual head of agriculture uh, spends most of his time on his own personal Zeppelin. Okay. (laughs) High above the city, drinking mimosas on the deck uh, and looking out over the city. Um, And you find in these papers uh, that he had requested for some additional defenses on it, um, specifically anti-air defenses. Uh, They aren't installed yet, though. Okay. So that's it to know. That is a very interesting thing to know. The other thing you find is the head of the manufacturing uh, branch. Uh, Their office is in a huge manufacturing complex that if you had a full party of adventurers, maybe you'd be able to assault. But single-handedly, even as the conduit of victory, you think you'd have a pretty hard time fighting your way through all the levels of security to the center of the complex where the person has a, a, a panic room, essentially, which they which you find the plans for. It's very, very difficult to breach and even harder to fight there. But you do know where that person is with extreme specificity. You just don't think a, fr- a frontal assault is very wise. Gotcha. That's the information you have there. Um, what do you, what does Katarina do? Uh, well, I imagine she's going to take a couple moments to kind of uh, like patch herself up. Like I imagine she's kind of brought along those uh, uh, those tapes that you kind of use wrap around your hands when you're going into for a fight or something like that. And she's just using that to kind of like wrap up where the wounds were that she's taken and uh, getting that all squared away before she's like heading out to her drone and hopping on that and zooming off to... I guess wherever the Zeppelin for the agriculture heads at. Absolutely. And you know, from looking at the plans that while uh, you can be spotted, if you fly at it from an angle, if you come at it directly from below, uh, you will be able to approach it without being spotted, which is pretty cool of you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to imagine the other scenarios that could have ended with the party finding this guy. And none of them are as cool as you alone on a, drone glider just streaking up through the sky as you uh, as you just basically become a fucking murder bullet on your way up there uh why don't you tell me how you assault the zeppelin so as you said we're going in from straight down to up so i imagine katarina's getting like you know low and tight on on her drone uh, i need a name for this glider but i haven't come up with one yet so mm-hmm. uh right now it's just drawled uh glidey mick <laughs> fly face <laughs> okay are you, as far as wrestling goes, uh, you're killing a lot of people. Perhaps the Undertaker. <laughs> no, two on the nose. Got to res- got to respect the dead man. All right, you don't want to. You, you don't want to approach. Look, the wrestling world only has one undead space wizard. Okay, that it can that it can claim amongst its pantheon. It lost one of its others recently. So okay, we'll keep an ear. We got to keep that one sacred. Uh so yeah, she's going to be flying straight down or straight up from underneath. And uh, I guess it's, if it's a Zeppelin, it's got to have some kind of like uh, like carriage formed base. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't I don't know if you're thinking like Pridwin from like you know Fallout Four, where there's actual like structures inside of it as well. But I imagine there's some kind of like base at the bottom to land on. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I I wasn't thinking Fallout Four, but now I am. It's absolutely the the Zeppelin from Fallout Four now. Okay. It's the Iron the Iron Brotherhood. Yeah, the Brother of Steel. Get your 
Get your factions right, nerd. God, I'm just, <laughs> I've just been exposed as a fake nerd. Listen, New Vegas <laughs> is the only one that's actually any good. Fight me. What? Fight oh, me. No. Okay. All right. I love you. So you're, you're just going to land on the deck? Yeah, I'm going to land on the deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to, like, check around, see if there's any people around. Yeah, there are. And they two people run at you <laughs> immediately. All right. Uh, they only have pistols. They're not expecting this so they're not as well equipped as the construction guy but the two people with pistols at- approach you roll initiative okie dokie uh 12 9 so you get first strike they do they're gonna shoot you pew pew 16 and 25 those are both hits 12 and 12 oops okie dokie pew pew you get shot twice as soon as you land on the deck all right uh i'm gonna run up to this first guy I want to basically, like, uh, impale him with the harpoon, and then uh, I want to basically, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the term for it, because I, I can't think of what you call it when you just smoosh someone in the face with your fist, <laughs> but I basically want to hit him in a way to try to knock him over the edge of the Zeppelin. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's just, uh, you want to strength contest him to to defenestrate him from the sky. Uh, yeah, I don't have strength. <laughs> um... Trying to think if there's another way I can frame that that's better. I, I decide to get, because I have a decent charisma, I decide to get into like a wacky who's on first scenario with him. Uh-huh. Like a, it's a it's a rabbit day, uh, rabbit season, duck season. <laughs> and at the end, I do the old flipperoo on him and he has to jump off the side. So what you're telling me is because your strength stat is bad, do you think you're going to you're going to charisma this guy off the side of a zeppelin? And I appreciate the fucking hustle, Chris. I always hustle and the rock would be able to do it if he were If you can on the fly come up with a who's on first level of quality written plan for how you're going to talk him off that zeppelin, maybe. I'm not going off that edge. And he's like, well, I'm not going off that edge. He's like, well, I'm not going off that edge. No, I'm not going off that edge. I'm like, well, you're not going off that edge. It's like, damn straight I'm going off that edge. And he leaps over. All right, I rolled a 10 for strength. Do you want to contest that? <laughs> 11, fuck you, off the side. <laughs> all that work, all that work. And then the strength contest still worked out okay. All right, fine. Uh, you impale the first guard. It doesn't, I mean, you only did 14 damage, so you didn't kill him with the first strike, but you get the blade inside of him. And then you you, you basically uh, use that to slingshot him over the edge. The other guard seeing that is, of course, pants shittingly terrified because he spent his entire career uh, watching a rich guy drink <laughs> and sit on the deck of his personal airship. Uh, basically doing nothing because no one's ever done anything this bananas before. Uh, and he he runs off. Oh, I was going to say, I wanted to say something to him, but if he just leaves, then... I, he runs inside to go get help, presumably. All right, well, I'm, I'm running after him, then. I'm not getting paid enough for this kind of situation. Did he take his gun with him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Chris, come on. Can I try to shoot him in the back while he's running? Sure. Oh, my God. Uh, nine, so I miss. You do miss. Yeah, he runs- I want want that bullet to shoot into the Zeppelin and it starts falling now. It's good, yeah. Uh, they're a little sturdier than that. One bullet was enough to bring this, uh, Goliath down. Uh, so, yeah, he runs off inside. He's like, ah, we have an intruder! They just killed Stefan! It was horrible! (laughs) Can I open up the door and, uh, put my gun to the back of his head? I mean, he used his dash to try to get away. Do you want to use athletics to try to race? Yes, I do. All right. Uh oh no. 23 crit! 
Oh my gosh. I botched it. You crit. Of course. Of course you did. Oh no, he did. So can I catch him by like the back of his collar and then Royal Rumble style hurl him over the side of the Zeppelin? I get. Well, here's the thing. He ran in. He opened the door. He started yelling. You ran after him. I think you just you crashed through the door after him. You grab him, and with so much momentum, you just drive him through a, like a wooden wall and out, out of the ship that way. Nice. Uh, can I? Who's in the inside right now? You see, there's people scrambling, but they weren't ready. Like one guy was sleeping. One guy's like taking a dump. Like no one's ready for this. All right, I'm gonna take a shot at at least one of them. Uh, with uh, twenty one. Uh, yeah. I mean, you you just start popping people. Okay. I'm not gonna roll for all these unarmed guys who don't have their fucking pants on. Uh, but you start gunning people down, and the head of the branch you see is a iguana Aww. lizard folk. Uh, very large. I don't know if you ever have seen how big iguanas can get. It's, oh, I have. It's terrifying. Uh, hefty labs. Very very hefty. Uh. Just sickle sharp claws, whip like tail. Uh, this guy seems to be like mid thirties, maybe, so he's still pretty physically fit. Um, he was working out. He has a dumbbell. He's actually gonna try to run at you and hit hit you with. Okay. <laughs> You've just busted into his like personal leisure palace, and he's very strong and big. So attack, attack seven and twenty two. Twenty two will hit. 12 damage as he slams you with the dumbbell. Is that the is that the name for it? It's like the thing you do um curls with? No, it's the bigger one, the longer bar. <gasps> I figured it out. Yeah. My the name for my uh thing, mm-hmm. my uh my my drone is the Ziz. Why? Cuz <laughs> the Ziz is the air-based of the trio of the Behemoth and the Leviathan and no one ever gives it enough credit. No one ever names things after the Ziz, and the Ziz is dope. It sounds like some like uh, Doctor Seuss bullshit. Well, like, it, you can laugh about Ziz and the Ziz did the Ziz did the Ziz did Zaz. I don't know. Is I in I will whiz upon my Ziz. You can chuckle at it all you want as the Ziz of death descends upon you. Does the Ziz Zaz? It Zazes and Zazes. Okay, I looked it up. Uh, they're called barbells. Oh yeah. As opposed to dumbbells, which are the smaller ones. Dumbbells are the free weights. Barbells are the long ones. He's he's wielding a barbell uh, with weights on the end at you. Okay. All right. That jerk. Yeah. He's he's very strong. He's a very big green lizard man. A lot of frills. Very spooky. Your turn. All right. Uh, I'm going to uh, activate my barbarian rage. Mm. When I do that, and this is a bonus action... Uh, it activates the Desert Storm, mm-hmm. which is going to deal two fire damage to this, this fella. All right. And begins kind of whipping around this sand and heat around me. Mm-hmm. And then I am... I'm going to do... I'm going to... You know what? Fuck this guy. He's going to come at me with weights. He's going to get fucking Brody Monk styled. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack with my hands and fists. <laughs> oh, and shit. Harpoon. And Harpoon crit! <laughs> what? And 22! The dice are very into your fucking murder rampage. As they should be, it is dope. <laughs> Nine. So it's going to be 24 damage. That's so you, that's just your bare fist? You drop the harpoon and you start wailing Well, the, harp, the, harpoon, the harpoon's the first one in there. Okay. Because that, that actually has a higher damage die. 
All right, so you guys are dueling in the uh, the heart of this Zeppelin now. There's bodies everywhere. People, you were just open fire on as you came down here, and you're I, yeah. And he just came out of the weight room, and this is a pretty cool duel. Boop a doop a snoop a snoop. All right, attack, attack. <laughs> Nine and eight. Come on. Uh, all right. So I'm gonna make. He starts punching holes in the walls when he misses you. By the way, he's tearing up his own ship. Oh, he's like the kingpin. He's like a big baby man. Yeah, I guess he is. He's a big baby iguana man. <laughs> All right, I'm going to make uh, my attacks in 24 and 25. Someone screenshot this. This <laughs> is garbage. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm on it. Uh, now, I want to qualify before I do the damage. Uh-huh. This is non-lethal. Okay. I'm not trying to kill him with this. I'm trying to basically, like, knock him silly. Okay, I mean, it's pretty bold of you to think you've got him, but roll damage. Eight, so 17 more damage. Nope, not enough. All right. What are you at? Uh, About half. All right, his turn. Eight and crit. <sighs> All right. Uh, oh, come on. Uh, 13. <laughs> Fuck. He hits you square in the chest and you no-sell it again. Th so for a 13, was it? Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, but you're also barbarian rage, so come on. Come 23 and 23. Uh, so let's take a look here. So attack rolls for this fight here. Uh, there's been a sequence of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight rolls in a one in a row. They're tw above twenty. All yeah, all Katarinas. All Katarinas attack rolls have been in there. So yeah. That 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 conduit power you picked up seems to just be having a generally good effect on your rolls, huh? Victory seems like a good thing to go with, I guess. So, again, non-lethal. God damn it. Uh, 12 and 8, so 20 damage. He's very close, but you, you slash and punch him again, and he's getting beat down in this hallway. Here he comes again, though. Uh, 20 and 11. 20 will hit. Why won't you die? <laughs> Nine. All right, we'll see what happens here. So, I'm going to go in. Two attacks. 23 hey a 10 at the second one so yeah you know 23 hits uh, again i want to stress non-lethal mm -hmm. for 12 damage <laughs> all right pay me a picture all right so i'm basically gonna knock his head against the wall there uh-huh and kind of like you know he drops down because he's big and he just got his his bell knocked so he hits the ground uh i'm then going to walk over and i'm basically going to put him in an arm bar to just break his arms oh christ oh <laughs> And then I'm going to slowly roll him out of this part. Uh-huh. Over to, like, the side of the airship. Okay. And I'm going to say, did you ever go skydiving before? <gasps> oh. <laughs> Please, I'll give you anything you want. What do you got for me? You could be vice president. You could be uh, in charge of all the corn. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. There's so much corn. I imagine there is, but that's not really the kind of stuff I'm interested in. You can have the ship or what's left of it. We did break a lot of it. Well, here's what I'm thinking. It's going to go down one of two ways. I can make this quick and painless for you. Or you could spend your last, I don't know, five, ten minutes alive. Watch yourself slowly plummet towards the ground. If you go with the former, though, I'm going to need something on some of the people that you work with. Fuck you. Strength contest. He tries to use his mighty tail to knock you off the edge. 
Okay. 14. Seven. <gasps> Bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he whips you off the edge of the uh, off the edge of the Zeppelin. Can I do a dexterity saving throw to catch onto the side of it? Yes. 15. Yeah, you grab the edge. Smack her in the face with his tail. Stamp on the hands. Yeah, he whips. Yeah, he just uses uh, like real iguanas can actually whip you pretty fiercely. Um, So uh, he's he's just going to whip you with his even bigger tail. 25 hits. Oh, boy. Go for it. That tail. 13 damage and you let go. He said it's with his tail? Yeah. Can I try any kind of maneuver to try to grab onto his tail? Yeah, if you can imagine it. If you can think it, you can dream it. I want to try to, like, he goes in, slashes it, going down, but I try to grab his tail with my other arm. Mm-hmm. And I want to try to basically put him in, like, a submission, like, maneuver over the side of the ship. Okay, I'm having trouble visualizing. Paint, paint me. You're you're holding on the edge of the Zeppelin. He He's whipping your hand to make you let go, and you... I want to, like, reach up and snatch the tail with my other arm. Yeah. And then, like, use that as a... I'm, I'm bad with science terms, yeah. so I'm going to say this. It's not going to be the right term, but understand, I'm trying. Fulcrum. <laughs> <laughs> I do understand fulcrum. <laughs> to, like, stabilize myself, to almost, like, lift up and, like, wrap my legs around him. And, like, use my weight to, like, hold over the side there. All right, so uh, why don't you make a dexterity contest against his strength? Because he's going to try to pull out of your grasp and you're trying to roll him up, basically. 26. Well, okay. Nine. All right. Well, (laughs) he gave it his best college shot. You grab his tail with your other hand and you pull yourself up and you put him... You you explain. So... (laughs) I almost had you. (laughs) He almost did. So... Uh, Sweeney Todd voice. Basically, to save himself from falling over at that point, he would have to pull me up mm-hmm. because I have the the weight down his tail. The unfortunate part is that even after I get up, I'm still not like forced to relinquish the hold. So I just have him, whatever kind of submission move they'd use for a person's tail. That's uh, unfortunately not a move in real wrestling. So not yet. <laughs> I don't know how that functions. Yeah. Well, in uh. Once we, we get Kitsune Wrestling Federation going on, it'll be all over that. Yeah. I imagine a Wrestling Federation Fox people. It's pretty crazy. Uh, so it'd be the FWF, the Fairy Wrestling Federation? Instead of WWF? Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. I thought it was good. Uh, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to have a uh, small distance away. I'm going to point my gun and I'm going to say, I'm feeling generous today, though. How about I give you one last shot to not make a dumb decision? Um, Intimidation roll. Ten. Fuck you, bitch. He jumps off the edge. Yes, I love him. <laughs> I want to shoot him once before he gets off. Thirteen? <laughs> nope, that misses. Ah. All right. Well, eat it, you poor idiot. <laughs> <laughs> True that. That iguana went out on his own terms. He crossed. He crotch chops all the way down. <laughs> well, he's gonna be going down for a while, so he's a lot of time to crotch chop. <laughs> he does. He savors all of it. All right, I'm gonna head back inside, and I'm going to pick up the uh, weapons, munition, anything like that that the uh, guards might have been carrying. Any any kind of uh, weapons that may be around. Uh, perception check. Thirteen again. 
So you're searching around, you find weapons. There's mostly small arms, pistols. Um, you don't really find, uh, there's not like a cache of good weapons up here. But um, as you are scrounging, uh, you hear uh, the sound of something moving up here. And you you turn in time to see uh, someone on the ground who you shot earlier uh, reaching for a gun on the ground. I want to try to step on that person's hand. Mm-hmm. Keep them from reaching their gun. Mm-hmm. I want to look down to see what kind of person it is. Uh, it's a mole person. <laughs> what kind of impression do they give off? Does it seem like a guy who's like, you know, like a trained all life kind of like security guy or does it seem like something different? No, this is like if one of us had a cousin who worked at a, co- a company and was like, hey, do you want a job where you just watch TV 12 hours a day and you get paid minimum wage? Okay. This this was me in another life. I got it. <laughs> yeah, no, this is Chris. You look into this character's eyes, and it's like looking into a fuzzy mirror. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. I shoot it seven times. Oh no, <laughs> the self-loathing was too strong. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I will put this person out of their misery though. Katarina is a character. Can I just say I've I don't think I've ever heard like a DM be quite as gleeful about almost managing to kill a player character as you you were in this scene. It was beautiful. <laughs> Listen, Chris always challenges me. I feel like he brings out like the my best uh, storytelling because he always feels like he's like always upping the ante. <laughs> you go back, go back and listen to the fight scene from the last episode. Like we were just back and forth, back and forth. Good shit. Good shit. Good shit. I did enjoy your Sweeney Todd reference. I had him. I had him. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So there's nobody left alive on this Zeppelin. Do y'all ever just like listen to Chris murder people and then think that we're all really bad at D&D except for Chris? That's how I feel. <laughs> I mean, you guys are great. I just feel really, <laughs> really bad. I think there's a certain something to be said for it is easier to make decisions when it is only you and you don't have to decide with with a group but also chris yeah you're really good at fighting and i'm like i'm not so good at fighting i'm good at the the talky talky doer feelings talk yeah i'm like oh i mean i almost died so i can't be too good at it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you almost died in both of these assassinations because they were uh they were meant to be tough because if if you could have just killed all of them there's no point to this entire campaign if one person could have walked into all these places and just won Mm-hmm. All right, what do you do, Katarina? Can I gleam any kind of rudimentary idea on how Zeppelins work? <laughs> um, so it's been established in fiction. Katarina is not the sh- sharpest tool in the shed. So I'm going to say... You start coming and it don't stop coming. Fit to the rules, I hit the ground running. Did it make sense not to live for fun? Your brain gets smart, but your head, <laughs> but gets, your head dumb. gets dumb. So much to do, uh, so much to see, so much wrong with taking the back streets. You never know if you don't go. Well, you never shine if you don't glow. Woo! Hey, now. You're an all-star. I'm sorry, you can't actually use any lines from all-star to me at any point in time because I will continue the song. I brought that on myself. <laughs> Do you guys see how excited Splinter was about those rolls? <laughs> yes. Those are some quality rolls. I forgot the I forgot the fucking premise of this entire thing. Katarina is not smart. Yes, that's the premise. So that's why she has trouble understanding how this works. So I would say she can understand up, down, left, right, but anything more than that, and also smash. Okay. So <laughs> I do want to point in a direction. I want to point in a direction 
where it will go over North Valentine mm-hmm. and then continue off into the desert when it eventually kind of runs out of, of power from being unsustained. Yeah. If you want to set it on a collision course to middle of desert. Yeah. Absolutely can. That's where it's going to be going. All right. It's going to hop off onto the Ziz of Death and be gone. And zazz away. You're going to get on your Ziz and zazz away. And then I, then I Ziz and Zag and all sorts of Zizzes away. Chris, how do you spell it? Because I'm trying to Google Z-I-Z, and it's like some weird Slovenian philosopher is what I'm getting. It, if you just so, type Z-I-Z, it'll pop up. It's like in Jewish mythology. It's it's like the air counterpart to the behemoth and the leviathan. Oh, there it is. He's a giant griffin bird. I think people would like the Ziz better. It's a branding issue. The Ziz is not a very scary name. Leviathan, that's scary. Behemoth, that's terrifying. The Ziz, as you said, <laughs> is a little silly. But I'm bringing it back. You can workshop it later, though. Okay, so now I'm done. I'm going to disappear for 35 minutes as you guys have, like, emotional talk. And mm-hmm. I'll come back if there's a chance to assassinate somebody else. <laughs> okay. I mean, you've, you barely pulled that one out. Meanwhile, <laughs> Team Loser, Team Snitch, the, th- the three amigos, uh, you guys go into the neighborhood where Lenora's parents live, which is as far as South Valentine goes, it could be worse. It's like one of those uh, neighborhoods you'd say like it has character. Mm-hmm. It's it's charming. Mm-hmm. You guys see immediately that there are uh, people with baseball bats and there's like one guy with a crowbar and they're just kind of patrolling around. It's just a bunch of like middle aged hefty boys <laughs> who work at the club and outside of the, the door on the stoop. Stoop Kid Extreme, Rosen. I'm very inspired by Cosmignon's drawing of them in a hoodie, looking fly, serving real urban looks. <laughs> the two old cats. Uh, the two old cats are inside. Well, first of all, are there any soldiers? Is it all bouncers? You don't see any any soldiers. I'm gonna be like, hey, Rosen. Hi. Hey. It's 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 just us. What's up? Hey, I'm here to check on the. I'm checking on my parents. I just there's like soldiers everywhere, everywhere. Where? So I'm just nervous. Uh, well, they were. There's a bar. We there were soldiers. They're after us, is what I'm saying. So I'm just here to check on my parents before I go, try to clear my name. What'd you guys do? We didn't do it. It was Katarina. <sighs> mostly, it was mostly Katarina. <laughs> mostly. Okay. I'll be outside. Okay, but everything's cool here? I'm hungry. Do I have an Alamohati snacks? You guys have cat food? <laughs> yeah, go, go talk to my parents. They'll give you some, like, tuna or some shit. Okay. I just want to peek in the house window. Uh-huh. Make sure my parents are okay. Yeah, I think, uh, so you look at the window. Do you want to describe your parents? Because I have, uh, you, I asked before we started if what you wanted, and you said you didn't care. So I have stuff, but if you have anything. They're just, I just want them to be extremely oblivious to what's going on. That's my main thing, is I want them to just think that, like, Rosen is there for, like, a fun visit. Mm-hmm. All right, so you look in through the window, and you see uh, your parents, um, your, your dad, uh, Cecil Desmond, who who is a tabaxi uh caracol? Oh no, they have names. Oh, do they? Yeah, I have it on my sheet. They're I, Joe and Norma. I asked you and you didn't give me anything on a bunch of I thought you knew because you had read my sheet months ago when we started. I don't have everything memorized, homie. <laughs> this is gonna be a pay to the ass to clean up Austin. Thank you. They're Joe and Norma because it's a sunset boulevard reference. 
Cecil DeMille. I know, that is a good reference. <laughs> but it's the wrong <laughs> reference. It's the wrong reference. It's not, though. It's the same movie. It is very, very good. It's very deep cuts. Yeah. You thought you could out-reference me, but I was out-referencing your reference. Damn. Now, now I'm going to have to leave all this in. And now we look like fucking prof- amateurs. <laughs> professional amateurs. Professional okay, amateurs. Just- uh, now, now if, you, if you acknowledge this, <laughs> when I misspeak, I have to leave that in or it doesn't make any sense. Please stop owning me. See, I'm now trying to think of like a way to to like get us out of this narrative trap, and the explanation is is it's four parents. It's it, <laughs> that, that's parents? the answer. You're being so greedy. His name is Cecil, but his middle name is Joe. But he prefers Cecil. No, he goes by Joe because Cecil's too nerdy. Okay, but your dad is a tabaxi. Yes, and he is a caracal like you, which is just the cats with the pointy ears. Yeah. Real pointy. Pointy ear dad. And your mom, who is named? Norma Desmond. Well, Lenora and Norma are very close, you have to admit. Yeah, she could be a narcissist. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oops, that's not the right. Hold on. I have, I have, frankly, too many notes. Too many notes. Too many notes. Too many notes. I hate this. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. It is the same cadence, isn't it? All right. It's a Norma Desmond. Also a tabaxi, your mom, uh, but not a caracal. Oh. Uh, a lioness. Oh, sweet. So very strong, very powerful, cool mom. She cool. Her her job, I think, is a like a physical uh, therapist or some kind of physical thing. Chiropractor. Chiropractor, cool. Um, but it, in in South Valentine, so not incredibly lucrative. And your dad is a uh. He works for the uh, agriculture branch, and he's in the cheese department. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding me? He does cheese accounting. Okay, nobody knows me, uh, but my my stepdad actually, that's his real job. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like an accountant for a company that imports cheese. <laughs> gotta, make, gotta make sure that all the cheddar adds up. Yeah, the Swiss, the Gruyere. Gotta account for all of it. Mm-hmm. I'm ba- uh, that This whole thing has been a really roundabout way of dunking on your parents. <laughs> just thank you. Not really dunking. That They're perfectly nice. <laughs> I, I know, but just the way you said, said it is just the main point there. Yeah. Good thing they don't listen to this show. Cool. Um, so you look through the window and uh, your dad's watching sports and your mom's on Facebook. Oh my God. <laughs> Those are my fucking parents. <laughs> Dad's a big Steelers fan. It's uh, it's bad lemon. What? Wait. Okay. Anyways, yeah. moving on. We're not gonna talk about that. That's what you see when you look through the window. Okay, so they're great. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I don't want to attract their attention because then they'll make me stay. Oh, okay. Okay. So we're not gonna. Okay. Well, no. Let's meet the cat parents. I'm gonna knock on the window. Give okay, me f- f- fewer voices for me out to have to figure out. No, but I want to see what you do with my parents, because you're already oh. fucking... Oh, God. ...doing the most. All right, so you knock on the window? I just, like, wave. Hi. And they wave back. They're like, Lenora, you're visiting. I'm just going to open the window. <laughs> there's a... Honey, there's a door. Um, this is what all the cool kids are doing now. Oh. You're so up with all the trends. Yep. I always am. That's why I'm here at the window, and... Yeah, Rosen has a fleet of bouncers, because... S- street cred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, Rosen's been visiting a lot recently. 
Yeah, Rosen loves your food. Keep feeding Rosen. <laughs> you just hear Rosen outside, hungry. Yeah, just some that fire stuff. So to be clear, you climbed in through the window and just left the party outside? No, they can come in. Hey, guys, come come through the window like all the cool kids are doing now. Hey, no, nice to meet you. Lenora's dad shakes all your hands. Um... Um, as, 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 uh, Frank shakes hands with Lenora's dad, he, he's just gonna be like, nice to meet another dad. Nice. nice. <laughs> dad solidarity. These are my backpacking friends. We've been backpacking. Oh, yes. Very, very, very busy. Very busy. Um, we, we're off on another trail, so we can't stay long. Yeah, we're just, just stopping to check by you. I've heard some, like, crazy stuff has been going on. I don't know. Where had you guys been backpacking? The desert. <laughs> you bring in sunscreen? You gotta make sure. SPF 150. I have fur. You can still get sunburned. You have skin under there. Yeah, okay, you can still get sunburned. Yeah. I wear big hats. It's fine. <laughs> Trust me, Dad. I'm, I'm up and up on all the sun. I have all the cool sun protection. At some point, Marty's gonna crawl out from like the, the pouch in the front of Ed's hoodie and sort of crawl up. Oh, but yeah, parents. <laughs> my my friends, my dudes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have. We had some people that we need to stay in the guest room. Uh, by people, I mean one guy and a cat. What do you? What story could you possibly weave to get your normcore ass parents to let a random guy stay here and a random cat? Their apartment burned down in a fire, and I know you guys love to give to charity. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. I mean, I was going to make you roll for it, but it's your, it's your parents. They're they're fine with it. All right. You get dad advantage. Here's a cat. <laughs> oh, cat. Okay, now, now this is the moment everyone's been waiting for. The, the animal handling check. Yes, animal handling check from dad. There we go. 20! <laughs> <laughs> yes, that cat loves that cat. <laughs> Marty loves Joe. I, I'm so glad this came at the pivotal moment where someone actually had to take care of Marty. <laughs> he's like, oh, uh, he's purring. He's clearly a Steelers fan. <laughs> he sits back down. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I die a little as well. <laughs> My stepdad actually does really like this. He's from Pittsburgh. I, 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 of course he is. <laughs> of course he's from Pittsburgh. Does the does the mom volunteer at a wolf sanctuary, Austin? Now she does. <laughs> so uh, your dad just sits down on the on the lazy boy, put, puts Marty on his lap, and it's just like, "All right, see you kids later. Have fun on your your backpacking trip." Okay, I'm gonna steal like ten granola bars. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, 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 Ed's gonna take a moment to speak with Gundy before they end up heading off to go to Frank's uh, Frank's ex and his family. Ed's gonna just pull Cundy aside over to the well to the guest room probably. I'm sorry things got really, really messy, but hopefully when the heat dies down, the the money will be enough to rebuild any damage and keep things operational, you know? Yeah, there was an awful lot of money that will help as long as there's something left to rebuild. I w they might destroy some of the stuff at the quarter round. I don't know. I suspect they're going to be more interested in turning things over, find out where you are, and then move on to find me. But 
as of now, as long as you and Marty are okay, that's the important thing for me. At some point, Lenora's going to stop by and be like, hey, please don't tell my parents about what's going on because they don't know. <laughs> also, they're just really square. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in like a, an endearing way. So I'm going to pull Rose into the side. After I said goodbye to my parents outside and pull Rosen out. Hey, so I'm sure you've been really good at keeping my parents on an information diet. But I'm assuming that means that you know what's happening. You know about all the being wanted and stuff. Yeah, you guys are like a super assassination squad? Nah, 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 nah. So here's what our plan is. We have to, and I'm telling you, so sh- Although I guess you could tell me, hmm. Think about having Rose and tell Memphis, but I don't know. Yeah, you'd probably have to sort that out with Memphis in person. Yeah, I'll be like, hey, I'm just letting you know what's going on. Here's our plan. But right now we're going to go check on Frank's family because kids and stuff. But after that, we're going to go clear our names. And we're going we're gonna, to, I know it's our, like our, our life motto, but we got to go snitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say about that? Uh, um, I'm concerned, concerned, concerned with a T about our communication. So if you don't hear from me for a bit, it's because I'm laying on the down low, but I'll hit you as soon as things are cool. Okay. I mean, with the amount you sent, we can post up here for like three years and it's totally kosher. So that kosher doesn't mean anything in this universe anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Just uh, watch out for a creepy robot with two different arms. Okay, that's a weird thing to say. Don't let him stab you with his syringe hand. Well, <laughs> okay. And watch out for Archon. You know, you know them? Yeah, the people with the the supersonic batons. Um, You know, if they show up, we're not going to win that, right? They don't like electric. I got a basketball and I got a baseball bat. That's the <laughs> Tell them they're electric ones. Oh my god. Well, I'm hoping um my hope was that because this is like all Memphis's forces, maybe they'll be like, Oh, Crown Corporation's already on it. Uh. Oh dear. Okay. I trust you I trust you, bud. <laughs> Here, have a granola bar. I took like twenty for my parents' house. Rosa says, I'm very hungry. And then inside you hear your dad say, hi, hungry, I'm dad. (laughs) Uh, Frank just shouts back, high five. (laughs) All right, here, granola bars. Wow. We're on a mission now. We got to go before things get too hairy. You're already very fuzzy. I knew it. I knew it. Knew you were going to say that. Great minds. And you like the eye thing where you like. Mm-hmm. Do the fingers at your eyes and do them back. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's peace out of here, bros. Peace. All right, so is Team Loser is going to leave Cundy and Marty at L- the Desmond residence uh, with uh, Rosen? Yes. Hmm. And uh, head over to Frank's ex's house? Yep. All right, so you guys head over to uh, Frank's ex's house. Uh, Laura, is there anything you want to tell us about Frank's ex or Frank's ex's house? Um... I I sort of left a lot of this open to you, and I was quite happy with the the stuff that you were talking through. So I'm happy for you to give your sort of rundown of of Frank's family, if you like. All right, so you guys go to a kind of professional neighborhood in South Valentine. Um, Frank's ex is a journalist, 
my plan was that they did not keep Frank's last name ah. after you guys split. Damn. I I I definitely think that is a that is a move I hadn't considered, but that is a strong move. But that your kids would still have the would have hyphenated double last names. Okay, I'm I'm on board with this. So you guys are outside. You don't see any movement. There's no Archon troops. There's no nothing suspicious outside. Okay. Um, Frank's gonna send a text and just go. Are you st- are you still being hassled? Hassled in there? Or things quieting down? You don't get a response. Hmm. Okay. So we're all we're all disguised up. I'm trying to trying to work out like what can I do with the few spell slots I have remaining. Because I have burned a lot of them recently. Um, if there's no, if there's nothing obvious at the second, Frank's gonna just try and just try and walk in. All right, so you guys walk up, open the door. Uh, it is unlocked. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. We walk in. Yeah, you walk. Ow. Lauren, are you okay? No, I'm just nervous. I watched too much forensic files. Frank did not want to go here last. It is stone quiet. Uh, you don't hear any children, which is weird because you have multiple and children are allowed. Yeah. And you guys walk through the house. Uh, there's wood floors and they creak underfoot. It's eerily quiet. And it seems like the deeper into the house you go, the quieter it gets. And you turn the corner into the kitchen. And sitting at your kitchen table, Frank Westerly, is... A faceless, uh. warforged, sitting patiently, waiting for you. What, what, what did you do? Just tell me, what did you do? Credits. Wow, and we're here to do the credits. The credits. So music. It's new music this month. Are you excited? Yeah. Tell us all about that new music, Austin. The new music, Austin, is uh, <laughs> from Overclocked Remix. We have Trance Version, an arrangement of Theme from Ghost and Goblins. Whoa. And we... What? I said whoa. Why whoa? <laughs> I was trying to be excited. And we have Badass, an arrangement of One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII. Of course. I'm sorry. I'm so basic. <laughs> You're just predictable. I am. Also, we have Redesign Your Logo by Lemon Demon, uh, a.k.a. Neil Sisierga, who gave me his blessing to use it on our show. I had to ask him because he does not have a public policy like Overclocked Remix does, where I just looked at their website and it said it was okay. Wait, so you got to talk to him? That's cool. 
Yeah, he's very cool. Do you remember when in high school when everyone was obsessed with Potter Puppet Pals? Yeah, it's that guy. Yeah, and now he says we can use our his music on our show, which is cool. Yeah, whoa, we're like cool and famous. Wow. All right, so now... <laughs> Would you like to name the executive producers for April 2018? I have a list here, and I'm going to read some names. And you want to help me? Yeah, let's read some names together. Okay. I want to take initiative here. Mm-hmm. Joseph Tombrello. Extellaris. Kirsten Haslinger. Nope. Kirsten? Kirsten. I said Kirsten. Kirsten? Kirsten. Kirsten? I'm so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, wow, can I get any worse at speaking? Mm-hmm. And then here we go. It's always exciting to know you have untapped potential, though. I guess. Jade. Devin Smith. Savard Nakrasimova. Arna Helgadotir. Brent. The Cult of Gorfanax. Paul Mullen. Dr. Goatman. Toshiro Kuru. Andrew Grothin. Levi the Young. Kevin Dobbins. Anthony Savier. Morgan Rapp. Cucumber. That's so good. <laughs> Hustle Bones. I mean, Hustle Bones is also very good. It really is. Killer Cotton Shizno. Nicholas Dominic. Isaac Arevalo. Oliver Sadler. Yam! I can't believe you got yam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to arrange this list so ev- all the ones I get are extremely easy to say and all the ones you get are like tongue twisters and see if you notice. You know what they say about people pronouncing things wrong? It just means they learned it from reading and that's not bad. Oh, okay. You, you read a lot of book. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read scary stories online that make me afraid to be home alone. Anna Michael. Andrew Birmingham. Gina Helver. Douglas Williamson. Doctor 101. The Most Wise Guru. Z23619. Quench the Void. Adorkable Smile. Vizzy Huggles. Jay Logan. The cast of Dundon's The Gathering. Madison Lilith McKenzie. Latorius Stoltzy. <laughs> Is it Stoltz or Stoltzy? I don't know. I think it's Stoltz. It could be Stoltzy. Victoria Molito. Scotty Vilhard. Aline. Shout out to Aline. Hi, Aline. Majin. Criterion. Ren. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tem. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen Indy Monster Wenwick Ford. Joy Fox. Razumi Yazura. Albert West. Ken Fursell. Eleanor Nonante Sees Periton. Scott Cummings. Starlight Glimmer Did Nothing Wrong. Juman Jack. Mel Teach. Arjun de Koenig. Grimlock. John Potts. Dawson Parr. Noah Sudret. Zephasaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Sarah Stone. Thorsten Gross. Castor UK. Aki Sabalainen. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. Shout out to Florian H., a real OG, real true homie. Okay. Mad love. Yes. <laughs> I don't know the context, but everyone is great, and I mean that. Yes, everyone's very good. Uh, <laughs> Leon Maloney, love child. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's very good. Oh. I love the jokes. I don't think uh, George Soros uh, contributes anymore. That was my old favorite. That was a good one. Leon Maloney may be my new frontrunner. Junk 2.0. The Hatzels. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Eugene T. Connor Reynolds. Pruitt Holcomb. Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Francois V. Shaynes. Dennis Pancake Detlefsen. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bankston. Josh Moser. 
and Digo Van Dane. Allison Ansel. Sydney Marzing. Just the Jester. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf. Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. Melissa Booker. Cameron Abbas. Dylan. Anna Stolfar. Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Christopher Charlow. Jorrit. Viger Arnston. Cody Jackson. And August Rue. We made it. A whole list. Did a whole lot of words. Talk. Wow. And yet I somehow fucked up everybody's name. I, I feel like I fuck it up a different way every time. It's endearing, though, because it sounds like you're trying your best. I mean, I am. I'm just dumb. Oh, <laughs> Also, thanks to everybody who's on our show and does stuff. Uh, Chris Larios is at uh, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. Yeah. Skitches on stuff. Skitch.bandcamp.skitch.bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> one week we're gonna actually say it right and then he'll be released from his curse <laughs> right bandcamp.com, i believe and also of course lower kate dale at kotaku.co.uk yeah or lower k buzz everywhere that's true also she just broke the spyro the dragon story well she broke it like february but she was just proven right so big ups journalism wow i don't know the context of that because i don't she did a good journalism to games but she did cool things so yeah and she's a cool lady. Everyone's cool in our show except, except for, for you. <laughs> oh my god, you just <laughs> called me out. You were halfway through saying it. It's okay if I say it. Okay. I just anticipated we were said that we had the cosmic brain for a second there and I saw your joke and I I became your joke and it was Oh, it hurts coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rough, 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 rough. Also, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, subscribe, comment, rate. Patreon for you. Give Austin money. Mm, I don't know. I do my I do good, but am I really better than weekly manga recap? Ask yourself. You're very tired. You're probably more tired. Gotta find out what happens in Boruto. What? <laughs> now, Lauren, if I told you there was a series called Boruto about Naruto's son named Boruto, would you believe me that, that that's real? Yes. Oh dang. Is it real? <laughs> Yes, it is, but it sounds fake, and I was hoping you would try to call my bluff. <laughs> no, it sounds very anime. Yeah, Boruto, B-O-R-U-T-O. That has nothing to do with this. It sounds like it should be like Naruto with dogs. <gasps> Borkruto? <laughs> Borkruto. <laughs> I'm sure that fan art exists. Hold on. Keep thanking people. I'm going to look up Naruto Furry? Don't no no. <laughs> anyway, oh yes, all the cats. Oh, uh, it's Zelda real. and Anna live in my house. Smudge, Smudge is Laura's cat. Thank you, cats, for your cat inspiration. Mm-hmm. Whatever fucking Austin's doing, stop. Mm-mm. Never gonna stop. Here comes Naruto the furry. I'm just gonna screenshot this though, and everyone asks about it, I can post it later, and say this is what Austin did to me. It has your name above it and everything. On our other show, we talked about our fursonas. What's yours? Just get it on tape so everyone on the internet can know. Well, I have to hear what yours is first. I think it's been a long time, but I think I either said sloth or bear. Yeah. Um. I mean, let's be real here. I would be like a little blue penguin because I have blue hair and I'm small and I'm a penguin. Now, are you a penguin who happens to be blue, or is there a kind of penguin called the blue penguin? There's literally a species It's either... <laughs> I think they're either called fairy penguins or little blue penguins. They're the same kind of penguin. <laughs> they're like the smallest kind of penguin. <laughs> the Wikipedia page is titled Little Penguins. 
<laughs> Aren't all penguins little, though? It's just very on-the-nose, Australia. Yeah, little blue fairy penguins. That's what they are. That's my first one. On record, everyone knows. All right, so thank you to fairy penguins. I think that's everybody? Yeah, and all the dogs in the world, all just like all the animals, except for orangutans, they know what they did.